strikes me that um, uh, one of the issues is for the Aboriginal, for the Indigenous cause, is, is speaking as one voice in terms of having any power or persuasion over government. The fact that you have so many nations, is that something that's a real challenge to you in terms of getting that voice heard? And how do you, how do you deal with that to have influence to bring about change when each nation has obviously got its own particular characteristics um, and beliefs and culture and relationship with the land. Good. That's how the word Koori um, came about in the 70s when Gough Whitman was uh, Prime Minister because he was trying to engage with the Aboriginal community but uh, wasn't able to uh, embrace the whole 400 nations. Uh, so people started t- using words like Koori and Murray and things like that. But Really, we should um, get over the problem of there being so many nations um, because in New Zealand there are, uh, there's one language, or arguably two, um, and uh, so Europeans found it easy to negotiate um, with the Māori. I still ripped them off, but um, they could pretend to be dealing with one group of people. And I think it's a blessing in this country that there are so many different Aboriginal nations. And we were always interconnected through the Song Nines. We always knew what each other were doing. We may not meet those people in our lifetime, but we knew their songs, we knew their dances, we knew what they were uh, talking about. So I don't see it as a problem. It, it might sound like a really difficult thing to negotiate, but I think that's the strength. We have to look at this really unique nation with all those... Um, different sovereign groups and see that as a strength, not a weakness. And, and for the rest of the country uh, to adapt to that mm. and say, we live in Colac, we're going to deal with the collagen. You know, we, if we're going to teach a language in that school, it's going to be that language. If we're going to ask someone to do a welcome to country, it's going to be someone from this country and adapt like that. But Andrew's had a lot to do with um, the environment. Um, um, and that crosses the country, crosses song lines. So I'd, I'd like to know how, when you're in your work, um, how you bring in the, uh, the Aboriginal sensibility to that work. The first thing that came into my mind when you were asking that question is it's one of those situations where someone has said to me before, you, it's trying to put, push Aboriginal people, my, my people, into European Western ways. There's, it's, there's no, there's no adaption. There's no change. This is how it should be, because that's the history of how it has been for such a long time. And, and I fight regularly, every day, of pushing back with um, government organisations. And you know, Vicky touched on something that I find really interesting. The Victorian government are very bad at supporting um, Aboriginal communities and initiatives and things like that and most of the funding that I work with comes from the Australian government but it's under their rules it's how they want it done and if it doesn't meet their their criteria or closing the gap you know examples if you can't link it back to closing the gap it's not worth looking at or funding because they're not having numbers or adding digits and we employed this many people and we did this and we did that when 
they're not working and they're not out there, they're not with community, they're not talking to community and finding out what it is they want, what their goals and aspirations are, because they are individual people, they are individual nations, and they're all going to have different wants and needs, you know. Um, I, I personally cannot stand, you know, the way the Western and European governments, organisations or whatever, try and push Aboriginal nations to their way. So I'm very sceptical about treaty. I went, I went and did some training in Melbourne and we're talking about the public service. There's like a, a table where it's all about government and people in public service who they either, you know, they, they're informed, um, uh, I can't remember the... Informed, involved, um, you know, decision makers. Like, I can't remember the exact number, and I should not because I'm supposed to follow it. And we're supposed <laughs> to line up in a line and say, we had a scenario where they were supposed to go to community and ask community, but the, the decision had already been made. So we had to get in and send, you know, like, is this an informed decision or, or is this, has this, you know, where is it at? Are they consulting? That's the first one. Consult, inform, you know, whether they're a part of it. And I got up and stood at the other end of the line. They said, you know, you know, you got to pick one. I said, yeah, and I'm picking over here. <laughs> and they still like, well, why? And I said, because it's typical government, typical Western stuff where they, the decision's already been made behind the scenes, but they want to tick that box and take it to community or wherever it is and say, we had that conversation, but it wasn't meaningful. So I, I, I push back all the time on that. And sometimes I think... Sometimes I think it does jeopardise, you know, my, my position or that sort of thing. Um, but it, I don't care. That's how I feel. <laughs> like, I've had arguments with... Australian government representatives who pay my wage. <laughs> I don't care. Hello? Um, talking about Australian government, Australia, um, how much or is there any answer to Australia Day and the basis hmm. of, or the, the, the date that has been decided on with Australia Day? Is it, is it an issue? Is it a problem? Is there an answer? Vicky? 15th of January sounds good because that's my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, well, we have Survival Day. We do our own thing on um, Survival Day. It is, it is a problem in the sense of, you know, it's offensive um, because of all the things we've been talking about, you know. Um, and if we were all, you know, um, do the whole reconcile thing and we're all on the same page then maybe we could have a day where we could all, all celebrate together because, you know, Uncle Jack's talked about the people who the, who were still arriving in Australia to live here and either seeking refuge, asylum-seeking or migrating, you know, like we do have to all kind of be on the same page and, and those people don't get really well educated. We've worked with a lot of the asylum-seekers in Melbourne and... Um, some of them didn't even realise there was black people in Australia, you know. Um, so it is, yeah, it is a bit of a problem. We do our own thing on Survival Day. Uh, it'd be good to maybe one day, you know, move to where we're all celebrating together. Because I, I you know, I think 
when we talk about our Aboriginal culture in Australia and the diversity of our cultures, you know, like Europe, there's lots of little small nations in Europe, we're the same, you know, we've got three, four hundred different nations, <coughs> 700 languages and, um, and, and Australia as a whole now is, you know, multicultural and I think that's a great thing because we all have so many things and the song lines, we talk about our song lines um, and they're here and they're strong and, you know, song men, storytellers, mm. dancers, artists, everything, you know, we keep those stories going. Songlines go around the world too, mm. and we're all connected. So you know, um, that's something else for people to think and learn about. But you know, there's like the Pleiades star story that goes all every culture on the planet has a story about that, just about. So you know, um, there's lots of things. It's not a them and us and that kind of thing. We are all connected. When we do take our shows overseas, that's right. Jack Charles versus the Crown. Uh, we'd like to take Corinduk over to places like Canada. You know, <coughs> Canadians will see much of their own lives embedded in the story of Corinduk. Yeah. You know, the uh, the residential schoolies. Yeah. Uh, we saw much of their own lives embedded in Jack Charles versus the Crown show, and that. So the idea is to not only take the stories here, but see the interconnectedness of the song lines in places across a couple of oceans away and that, you know, but we're still connected in some form or another. The world's Indigenous peoples, you know, our song line travels across the seas to many countries and from right around Australia. Yes. Young, do you... Australia Day, it was the day... Historically, it's almost like BCAD. Mm -hmm. Everything irrevocably changed on this continent mm. by the arrival of that fleet of ships. We can't ignore it. But, for instance, the sort of disgusting celebrations that happened in 1988 with no acknowledgement of what it meant for Aboriginal people at all and... Luckily, the whole thing backfired in 1988 tremendously, and since then, uh, the story for Aboriginal people and the issues have come right up front. When so many people from around Australia went to Sydney and marched, it was the fantastic backfire of that bicentennial. But we have to deal with it. We can't just sit there waving Australian flags like... Banal people. But once again, it's knowing who we are. We brought irrevocable change to Aboriginal people and to the continent. And it can't just be swept under the carpet. It has to be dealt with in a way that finally we all recognise its significance. It's not something to celebrate, but it is something to mark. Because that was, whether you like it or not, a very important day. Just follow on from that. Yeah, wouldn't that... Um you know, anybody who's been treated like that, with the people you know, have, um, you know, it would leave a lot of anger. And I just wonder, you know, how you really deal with that, because I think most others can talk about Europe, you know, they have a very long-standing anger between people who treat each other badly. I mean, quite understandable if you're very angry. I think that, you know, there, there is that element, and there are times 
you know, while I'm sitting here talking about what I've been saying, that I get angry and upset. But and that that's but that's a healing process for individuals as well as clans and communities, as well as it is for other people. So there is a great need for healing on both sides. And Jan keeps talking about knowing who you are and actually Rob has a fantastic song. If he had his guitar, he could sing it. It's all about knowing who you are. And no, but Jan's I got think, his banjo. Well, that'll do. But I think it's really important individually as well as collectively to know yourself and to know who you are. But what, what I want to share, a story that your thing prompted um, in me before when we're talking about knowing who we are and place and belonging and, you know, um, obviously I have uh, non-Aboriginal ancestry as well and that's Scottish mainly. But my mother's family were very early settlers around Warrnambool and had a couple of big stations over that way and there's a recorded massacre where my mother's family killed some of my um, Gunditjmara family um, on, you know... Down around that way, so that was a. Uh, I didn't find that out. We only read that in a book. It hadn't survived into any family stories down the track. But that was um, a real like kind of. Oh my God, Mum! Look, your mob were killing my mob back in the day. You know, like you have to reconcile that within yourself and within your family. And I love my non-Aboriginal family. Um, but there, there's always been that little bit of a difference because my mum and dad endured um, extreme racism for going out together and being married um, as Aboriginal and non-Aboriginal. Um, and the, the saving grace was probably um, my dad was a fabulous, famous football player, so he was a bit more acceptable in town than other people. Mm. But I just wanted to share that so that you know, because I think that those personal stories, we were talking about that earlier in the kitchen, you know, about how that, oh, Lynn said, you know, those personal stories help to resonate. So it's not about me making people feel bad or, um, you know, they, that whole guilt trip thing. I think we've got to get beyond that. But, yes, there's anger and there's pain and there's hurt and we all carry, even you followers must have some transgenerational trauma. Ours is very big in that um, it was is irrevocable however you say that word I can't say irrevocable it. yeah thank you you know and those changes and that, that loss of things in our family and we carry that you know with us all the time 